Thank you so much for checking out the Connect Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this week's sermon. So let's jump right in and check out this week's message. Welcome to summer as well. I mean, it's officially summertime around these parts now that school is out. I mean, we're so glad that you are here. And I, I checked our online. I know a lot of you guys are vacationing. And so thank you for joining us digitally as well this morning. My family and I, at least my older girls, uh, we were in North Carolina this past weekend. I got to do a wedding uh, for a precious couple who were some of my, my students who I loved dearly. And, and so n- nowadays I'm doing a lot of weddings. Kevin, you know this DJing. And, and everybody wants to be outside in the summer, right? Ashley and Brandon back there, I, we got to marry them a couple weekends ago uh, outside. I just want to say this. We were out there doing this wedding venue and, and one of my little girls, they were wearing this pretty dress. Of course, I was in a full suit and, and she came up to me after the wedding. And listen, I go about 15 minutes and she goes, Daddy, my armpits are sweating. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, well, I don't know what it is to sweat, but listen, I'm praying for you, right? It's just really hot. And so I just want to let you all know, I'm opening up my calendar. You want to do an outdoor wedding? My January and February, they are wide open, okay? If, man, I'd love to do a thing, but no, it's a good weekend. I love that summer is here, and I love that we get to spend time together in God's Word. And so to this morning, I want us to talk about something a little bit specific, and that is this, that this summer, how is it that as believers, we can move from being spoon-fed to self-fed as believers? Uh, What would it be this summer if you and I took the step, instead of being just spoon-fed as believers, we decided and we determined that this summer we were going to be self-feeders, feeders, Peter, wow, that's a hard transition, self-feeders. Peter writes this in 1 Peter chapter 2. He says, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. You know, it's amazing what Peter's doing here. He's calling the church, you ready? Hey, spiritually, it's time that we start growing up. Why? Because in Christ, you ready? We have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And what's our motivation to growing up spiritually, to being self-fed? It's because all of us who had just one taste of Jesus, and we know exactly how good he is. Now, to be spoon-fed literally means to be fed by a spoon. But it also carries with it this idea. You ready? It carries with it the idea of being pampered, given no opportunity to uh, act or think for oneself. That's what spoon-fed looks like. But to be self-fed is simple. You take charge of feeding yourself. You take action to make sure that you are fed. Church, you ready? It is time that as believers, we move from being spoon-fed to self-feeders in Christ. Now, my, my job as the pastor, as we gather together on mornings like this, man, I've got to preach the word. I've got to feed you the word, if you will. But I also have got to leave in you a hunger, a hunger for the very word of God and more and more of his word. Our job here at Connect Church is to equip you to to self-feed throughout the week so that instead of being malnourished members of the church, you can be spirit-filled believers on the mission field that God has sent you to each day. As churches, by and large, you know what? 
we got to do a better job. We have got to do a better job at feeding the sheep without question when you're here. When we gather together, but we must also do a better job at teaching every believer what it is to be a self-feeder, to be self-fed. I, I want to make this statement. I've said this before. If the only time you're being fed spiritually is here at Connect Church on a Sunday morning, let, let me tell you something about your life spiritually the rest of the week. I mean, you're starving to death. No matter how meaty the message can be, and if this is all you get, and you're starving this, you're malnourished spiritually. And so this morning, as we enter this summer, I want to equip, I want to encourage, and I want to challenge you. Church, self-feed. Now, before we begin looking at a, a feeding schedule, if you will, for the summer, and by the way, thanks for humoring, allowing me to keep up this feeding thing. Uh, and by feeding schedule, understand what I mean, and that is a strategy to self-feed spiritually as a disciple of Jesus in order to deepen your faith in Christ. Before we get to the feeding schedule, we need to talk about the feeding trough, the source you and I go to every day. For spiritual nutrition. Now, what is, our, what is our feeding trough? And I would argue this. It's the very Bible. It is the very word of God, the Holy Scriptures. You know what? Connect Church. Man, we unashamedly, we are people of, we're people of the book. We are people of the Bible. I mean, we love his word. Jesus reminded us that our source for uh, spiritual nutrition in Matthew chapter 4, 4, now, now notice this. As he reminds us where our source is, in Matthew chapter 4, 4, Jesus is being tempted by the devil himself out in the wilderness, and he says this to him. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, this may come as a surprise to you. I love bread. L listen, I, I love it too much. Y'all ever gone to Pottery House and they brought out a fresh loaf of that bread. Just, I love it. But let me tell you what I know to be true. As believers, we need more than bread to satisfy us. We need the Bible. Self-feeding begins at the feeding trough, the source of our spiritual nutrition, the Bible, the very Word of God. I love this. Every time we hold the Word of God, every time you take hold of your Bible, every time you start scrolling through your Bible on your phone, you are holding a collection of 66 different books written over a period of 1,500 years by more than 40 different authors from some 14 countries and across three continents. And though there's very backgrounds, very stories, cultural differences, and large time spans, these 66 books come together to give to us the unified, the inspired, the infallible, the inerrant, and the incredible word and story of God. Church, hear me. This feeding trough, this is more than just any other book. I love what Adrian Roger, the old pastor, once said. He said this, when the child of God loves the word of God and sees the son of God, he's changed by the spirit of God into the image of God for the glory of God. Why? Because he has found the truth of God. It's more than a book. 
You see, the Bible would teach us this in Hebrews chapter 4, that this is so much more than a book. You see, it is alive. In Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. Hey, it's more than a book. The word of God is alive. You ready? It's our feeding trough. It's our source for spiritual nutrition. Now, while the word of God may be alive, there are many believers in the church today, especially here in America, that are seemingly dead, malnourished, seemingly starving, and the question is why. I pulled some statistics from Barna Research Group. They did a study during the pandemic on the habits of people reading the Bible. And and what amazes me is that, by and large, the number of people reading God's Word during the pandemic, listen, it dropped. Only 9% of Americans, according to their research, open the Bible each day during the pandemic. Man, I thought it'd be more than that. To take that to a room like this, that means this, that one out of every 10 of us this morning went to the feeding trough each day during this pandemic. One out of every 10 of us. And I begin to think that in America, believers are going to the feeding trough less and less. We're turning to the word of God less and less. And spiritually, really, we are starving. Really, we are malnourished. Really, we are spiritually dying. Now, when it comes to a feeding schedule that we're going to look at here in just a minute, and coming to the feeding trough, which is God's word each day, I know, I know sometimes it's, it's hard to read. It's a challenging. I know that. I've got a degree in it. I spent years studying. Man, I know sometimes it can be hard. I know for some of you, you just don't like to read. Like, I'm that guy. Why read a book when there's a movie version, right? Like, why read the Bible if Chosen's out there? But, but hear me. And we're, we're missing something pretty incredible about the Word of God and coming to the feeding trough every day. Something we forget. You ready? When it comes to the Word of God, when it comes to your Bible, you never read it alone. You never come to the feeding trough of God's Word alone. You see, it's the Holy Spirit in you that makes the Word of God come alive to you every time you come to the feeding trough. Jesus reminded us in John chapter 14, verse 17, he would say this to disciples, but you know it, meaning the Holy Spirit. He says, for he lives with you and he will be in you. Jesus also said in verse 26 of that chapter, man, talk about not going it alone, not reading it alone. He says, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. Man, isn't that incredible? But the Holy Spirit of God in you makes the word of God alive to you. And you never go it alone when you go to the feet and chop. In John 16, 12, Jesus said, however, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. 
Guys, when you go to the feeding trough, you never go it alone. The very spirit in you is teaching you the word of God. It's illuminating. He's illuminating the word of God to you, helping you to understand and to remember and to apply it to your very heart and life. You never feed alone. You never come to the trough alone. The Holy Spirit feeds you. You ready? As you self-feed. What an incredible promise from the Word of God. And so let me sell you on the why. Man, why is it that this summer ought to be a summer where we move from being spoon-fed to being self-fed? What's the why behind my challenge today? You ready? Because here's the truth. The more I read this book, the more and more I fall in love with its author. Hey, at the end of the day, the more I read this book, the more and more I fall in love with the author. And I tell you something, church. I think we all could use love him just a little bit more. To fall in love with him more and more together. And so here are three here are three items. Here are three ways to self-feed this summer. You ready? These are three items that you and I ought to put on our feeding schedule this summer. And the first is this. You ready? We ought to hear the word weekly. Hear the word weekly. I love Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. This is what our Sunday gathering is all about. It is obeying the command of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Why? Why is it that we gather as a church with the purpose of hearing the very word of God? Because it is vital to our faith that we hear the word. Paul encouraged Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.13. Until I come, he writes, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, and to teaching. Why? Because the word of God in hearing, it brings about faith. And that's why on our feeding schedule, we ought to put down hearing the word of God weekly. And let me encourage you, just don't stop with Connect Church. There are so many podcasts and access to so many. Let me just warn you, there might be a few better preachers out there. And maybe a couple of them are a little better looking, all right? But you know what? Don't stop with Sunday morning. I love listening to other pastors preach and, and hearing the word throughout the week. Hear the word. Let me prove to you how powerful and effective hearing the word of God is. According to Open Doors, who track the persecuted church, they would say this, that the fastest growing church in all of the world is the persecuted church in Iran. The fastest growing church in all the world. Many Iranian Christians, even this morning, are boldly and faithfully telling others about Jesus in house churches all across that country. It's it's unbelievable. As a result of so much persecution, watch this, you ready? More Iranians have come to Christ, have become Christians in the past 20 years than in the past 13 centuries combined. In 1979, there was believed to be 500 Christian converts from Islam 
And to this day, but because everything's so underground, there are literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of believers who've converted from Islam to follow after Jesus. I found a story, I miss so many, of a young lady by the name of Fatima. Fatima, in her earliest memory, she tells, the earliest memory she has as a Muslim young lady was of being abused in every way you could imagine as a little girl at the hands of her dad and her brothers. You see, at the age of 11, the age of 11, she was sold into marriage to a young drug addict who abused her even more, who then would divorce her when she was the age of 17. She was forced to go back in her home where the terrible abuse that she had known as a little girl continued until finally she ran away and she left her home. She had to live on the street. She had to live in hiding. And one day, she noticed a, a, a brave Iranian man who walked onto their street corner and he began to preach. And it was not the message of the mullahs or the imams. It was a new message, a message of the gospel of good news, which she had so longed for, the good news of Jesus Christ. And there on the streets in which she lived and worked, she gave her heart to Jesus because she heard the gospel being preached. And in the next couple of years of her life, you know what she did? She she married a Christian man who loved Jesus and loved her. And you know what? Both of them, so changed by the gospel, decided to be church planters, house planters there in Iran. Listen, it could cost them their very life. But they were going to see that the church grew. And so as they were training in evangelism, how to share the gospel in church planning, do you know that Fatima and her husband went back to her home and her family. She told them of how she forgave them, and she loved them. And guess what? Her and her husband shared the gospel with her dad and mom and, and brothers, and in time, everyone in her household had given their heart and their lives to Jesus upon hearing the very word of God, the gospel, the good news. And Fatima and her husband planted their first church in her childhood home where she was so broken and abused. You see, God can accomplish much when we hear the word, when we hear the good news of Jesus Christ. He did that in her heart and life. You see, faith comes by hearing and hearing through the very word of God. Hey, but there's a, a second item that ought to go on our feeding schedule. Not only do we, do we hear the word, you ready, church? We've got to read the word. There's just no two ways about it. We, we got to read the word. Paul reminded Timothy in 2 Timothy, I love this, 3.16, that all scripture is God-breathed. In the Greek, that language is that of a, a sailboat whose sails are open, and ultimately the wind fills those sails and guides 
Let's tell that all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Hey, can I share something with you? Hey, the Word of God is a worthy reading. It is worth reading, and it's a worthwhile read. You see, the Word of God changes hearts. And it changes lives. But let me give you a caveat. You ready? When reading, always look for the aim of the author of the book of the Bible that you're reading. I love the word aim. A-I-M. Here's what it stands for. You ready? Find the author's intended message. Find the aim of every passage you read. The author's intended message. And here's why. Because a passage of Scripture doesn't mean today what it didn't mean back then when he wrote it. We live in a culture that are full of revisionists, trying to revise the Bible to make it more culturally palatable. Hey, you ready? The Bible doesn't need revision because there is nothing wrong contained in it. There is no error. There is no mistruth. There is no untruthfulness in it. The Bible doesn't need to be revised. Simply put, people need to repent. People need to be readied to accept the truth of God's word. And people need to be redeemed and saved by Jesus. And what's amazing about his word is the word of God tells us the good news of just how that is done through Jesus. Oh, how powerful the word of God is if we'll pick it up and read it. Here's another story from Iran. Recently, Cameron was a violent man. In his past, listen, he was a drug dealer and a weapons dealer in Iran. He had every bit of the bad story that you could imagine. He had lived his life in rebellion to not only the God of the Bible, but even to his faith of Islam. He just lived in rebellion to him until one day, a friend of his loved him enough, and despite legal consequences, he gave him a New Testament. And Cameron, for five days, read that New Testament from front to back and back again. And do you know that this Cameron, with such a terrible story, gave his heart and his life to Jesus. And you know what was amazing? His family and friends began to see this transformed life. And over the ensuing months, many of his family and friends, many of those that he dealt weapons and drugs with, came to faith in Jesus. You know what's amazing? Right now, this morning, there's a church meeting in a drug dealer and weapon dealer's house today in Iran. Something happens when we read the word of God that is powerful. And yet for us, it's so often ignored. I, I don't want to get to the end of my life having spent more time reading Facebook posts than I have the word of God. I, I don't want to reach the end of my life having given more time to the cesspool that's Twitter than I have to the 
the very word of God. Something incredible happens when we read the word. And here's the, uh, here's the third item that ought to be on the feeding schedule. When you and I, when we hear the word weekly, when we come to the trough and we read his word daily, there's a natural outflow of that. You ready? And that is we begin to obey the word faithfully. Hey, part of our feeding schedule can't be just hearing the word and, and reading the word, but it ought to be obeying the word. James 1.22, but be doers of the word and not just hearers of the word only and so deceiving yourselves. You ready? We must obey the word, word of God. And hey, let me share this with you. We must obey the parts we like and the parts we don't like. We have to obey the word of God. We cannot pick and choose what commands we like and obey just them and which commands we will ignore and have nothing to do with. Being a Christ follower doesn't work that way. We must be doers of the word. Part of our feeding schedule has to be hearing the word weekly, reading the word daily, and obeying the word faithfully. There's a man by the name of Reza in Iran. He was a mullah, which was a Muslim scholar, and hoped to be an ayatollah, a leader in Islam faith. One day he was studying at an Islamic seminary in Iran, and he found a New Testament that someone had boldly just left in the library where he was studying. Out of curiosity, he picked it up, began to read it, and by his own account, he was deeply shaken by it. And over time, as he began to turn his study to the Word of God, to Scripture, he began, in his words, to fall in love with Jesus. And you know what Reza does today? He is a trained church planter serving and meeting with a house church today as we meet in this building together. You know what I love about Reza? It's not only did he read the word, but he obeyed it. And even today he is obeying it, knowing that his life may be demanded of him. You know, on the screen behind me, this is the Persian word, or more in Iran, Farsi word, for Bible. That's how the Bible looks spelled out in the Iranian language. And I've had that word before, that word before me all week. Now listen, to me, that just looks like my two-year-old scribbled a little bit. But today, hundreds of thousands of Iranian people are meeting in homes all across Iran. And they're hearing, and they're reading, and they're obeying the Bible, the very Word of God. Anthony, why have you shared these stories about Iran and, and believers there? What does that have to do with us? Because here's what I'm, I'm stricken by this morning. In these stories, lost Muslims in Iran seem to read the Bible more than saved Christians in America. And it's transforming their lives. It's transforming their culture. 
is transforming their church in unbelievable ways. And at the end of the day, I hear their stories, and you know what I get to thinking? I want to see that here. I want to see that in you. I want to see that in me. You see, for our Iranian brothers and sisters, as you read more of their stories, you know what you find them doing? That once they come to faith in Jesus, they get on a feeding schedule. They weekly hear the word of God. Daily, they're coming to the the feeding trough that is the word of God. And faithfully, they are obeying the word of God, even if it costs them their life. Not only they, what I love about their stories is you, is you finish them to the end. And, but not only do they hear the word weekly and read the word daily and obey the word faithfully, but they're out there sharing the word, the good news of Jesus. Hey, hey, remember this. The gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. And it's getting there in time to the Iranian people. I shared this last week. It wouldn't have mattered if Jesus died a thousand times on the cross if nobody ever heard about it. You see, sharing the very word of God is the call of all believers. In that study I'd cited earlier, the Barna Research Group, in 2020 during the pandemic, 67.8% of American adults, or about 172 million adults, were listed as Bible curious meaning this, that somewhere in them they really wanted to know and learn the Bible more. Another part of that study said that 8 in 10 individuals who were hospitalized by COVID-19 said they wished that they had read their Bibles more. Hey, church, not only in Iran, but here in America, if there has ever been a time to be faithful in sharing the Word of God, it's today. People are hungry for it. And so you know what I want us to do as we close? I want us to do a feeding schedule together. And here's what I want to challenge you. That beginning today, as a church, let's read through the New Testament together this summer. Let's read through it this summer. It takes 17 hours and 44 minutes for the average person to read the New Testament. Some of y'all like times two, right? I need times three. It's okay. Some of y'all can read a little bit faster than that. 17 hours and 44 minutes. But here's the deal. You ready? We have 93 days left in summer. And if we were to take just about three chapters a day, you and I together, we could read through the whole New Testament spread out over the next three months. You know what that equals to? 12 minutes a day. You spend more time looking at emails. You spend more time taking a selfie in 12 minutes. More time on internet, social media posts. 12 minutes a day. In fact, just so you know, if you were to just spend 12 minutes a day reading the Word of God, you could read through the Bible in in, in a year. But here's what I'm challenging you to over the next 93 days, as a church family, let's get on a feeding schedule. Let's continue to meet weekly. If you're not on vacation, let's come. Let's meet together. Let's hear the word together. Let's read the word daily. Let's come to the feeding trough daily and read the New Testament. I'm going to tell you how I'm going to do it. You ready? I'm going to start with Matthew. When I'm done with Matthew, I'm going to go to Acts. And then I'm going to come back and read Mark. 
And then I'm going to go to Romans. And then I'm going to come back and read Luke. And then I'm going to go first and second Corinthians. And I'm going to come back and read John. I'm going to switch it up a little bit. But over the three, next three months, I want to be on a feeding schedule with you. When we come to the trough daily, let's read the New Testament together, could we? Twelve minutes a day. Three chapters a day. Let's get on the feeding schedule. Here's why. Remember this. This summer, our desire is to move from being spoon-fed to being self-fed. Why? Because I promise you this. The more you read this book, the more and more you'll fall in love with the author and the more and more you'll look like him. There's a church halfway around the world facing fierce persecution that is growing like wildfire because they hear this word weekly, they read it daily, they obey it faithfully, and they share it at every opportunity they're given. Let's pray together, can we? Thank you again for checking out our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on our services. If you'd like to give to support our ministry, you can do that at our website. That's connectchurchpf.com. Hope you enjoyed and have a great week.